something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ben Bolin here with our mastermind auto editor, Scott Benjamin. Scott, what's going on today? I'm just thinking about safety. Thinking about safety? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Thinking about safety. I've been, uh, I've been thinking about crash tests recently. About crash testing like cars? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, that's totally in line. That's totally in line with what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what, what are some of your thoughts? Do you actually think crash testing is effective? Oh, I do. Yeah, I really do. I think that they're... Uh, they're extremely valuable. I think that uh, it's a great idea to crash test cars. You know, it's really interesting that you say that, Scott, uh, especially because you seem very certain about it, uh, because I've, I've read in a couple places that there are critics of crash testing, and they say that uh, regardless of how accurate a laboratory test is, it's still a laboratory test, and it can't predict uh, situations on the street. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, you know, there's untold variables that are out there, you know, that aren't in a lab. Uh, there's rainy situations, there's different angles at different speeds, there's the reaction of the driver, there's the reaction of the passengers, okay. uh, there's just everything. I mean, um, th- there's a lot of variables. I mean, but for the most part, I think crash tests are very, very valuable. I think that uh, you know, yeah. they, they, they do teach us what we need to know. Now, is every car on the market wrecked before it's sold? I mean, how many, how many vehicles does a, a GM or a Toyota you know, do they go through like 10 or 20 or whatever? Oh, I think the number's far higher than that. I couldn't tell you exactly, but every model is crashed several times. I mean, n- not just 10 or 12 times. I mean, a lot of times. The manufacturers <laughs> put a lot of effort into this. Uh, in fact, they have giant facilities just for crash testing, um, you know, very elaborate facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, they, they, you know, they record everything. They learn everything. They don't just, you know, go in and smash up cars, you know, just for fun. They, they, oh. they do it with a purpose in mind. They know exactly what they're looking for and they they record everything mm-hmm. it's it's very documented um the process is uh you know it's very very valuable to them and uh they, they do go through i mean i would guess this is a guess i would say hundreds of cars if not more than that every year man um and that's just you know one manufacturer they i mean everyone does this. okay so this but, is just like a normal for mass production yeah now not every car is crash test tested really what yeah. are some that aren't 
Well, our government doesn't crash test cars that cost over a certain dollar amount. Um, and that may sound kind of funny, but you know, there's a there's a certain threshold, I guess, where they just don't want to buy you know ten vehicles to smash up that cost over a certain dollar amount because it would you know just right. that, that money's passed on to us. So um, those vehicles, they're either you know crash tested by private groups or the manufacturer themselves. You know, they they do mm-hmm. that, but then you've got to watch out for just a little bit of bias in that situation. <laughs> but yeah. um, you know, the government testing is is uh, a little more uh, you know baseline they they don't uh they don't favor anybody um so you know but but one other thing is that you know when we're talking about cars that aren't crash tested um a lot of exotic cars aren't crash tested and of course there's a just simply because they only make 10 or 12 a year or they only make you know 20 a year you crash test five of those uh you know that's a significant portion of your production for the whole year Uh, you don't don't do that (laughs) and not only that you know you may be out five million bucks if you crash test five of them oh yeah like a bugatti um, or something but the good news in that case is that a lot of those exotics do have, uh, I guess, crash testing in their past, um, you know, because a lot of them come from race cars. So, you know, the race cars may have had an on-track altercation, you know, where they, yeah. they kind of figure a little bit out, but uh, they never fully crash tested like, uh, you know, let's say a, a Toyota Corolla would be or something like that. I like the uh, on-track altercation there. Yeah, <laughs> it happens sometimes. And, and one thing, I, I don't know if, if you're as excited about this topic as I am, but I've always been fascinated with crash test dummies. Hmm, really? Yeah, it's it's just so strange to me uh, the the time the times that they've used these these dummies, you mm-hmm. know, and and they even they even with with a couple of bands that you might have heard of. <laughs> yeah, one in particular, I think there was even a line of action no, figures. No, I'm, I'm not going to sing. No, there was a. Uh, I'm not going to sing. Yeah, there, there were uh, there were PSAs with them even. There were PSAs. Yeah, yeah that's very right. There was. Uh, uh, who were those guys? Vince and Larry, I think, from the '80s. You know, and, back in the 1980s. Yeah. And you know, all all jokes aside, I think those PSAs probably did get some people to rethink it. But just just seeing the whole process of testing a vehicle mm-hmm. crashing with with the dummy inside it, always. Uh, you know, even as a kid, was very very strange to me and fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I I was wondering. Uh, what's what's the difference? Are are all these crash test dummies the same? Oh no way! They're very very different. Um, as a matter of fact, they've been around for a long long time. They're, the history of the dummy goes all the way back to like the the forties, nineteen forties, and they yeah. were tested by the military for um, I think it was for ejector seats. Remember we talked uh, at one point we talked about uh, rocket sleds. Oh yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know they tested these dummies on rocket sleds. Uh, you know, kind of testing ejector seats while they're on these rocket sleds to simulate, you know, being in an aircraft. And uh-huh. uh, that's kind of the the, uh, the birth of the, the crash test dummy. And then the automotive group or the automotive manufacturers decided, hey, that's a good way to test our vehicles as well. Let's put mm-hmm. them in here and crash them and see what happens. And uh, that's that's where it happened. And they're really not all the same. Uh, they're, they're very, very different now. For a while, they were all the same. They were all kind of, you know, that, that shape that you typically see the, uh, you know, yeah, like guess the it, mannequin head and hands yeah, and the kind of soft body. That's right, but they were all pretty much the same size and shape and yeah. weight and everything. Now, uh, they come in tall, thin, fat, um, you know, they're, they're, they're women, they're men, they're children. There's even pregnant um, crash test dummies. Um, there are infant crash test dummies. Uh, there's just this enormous variety right now that's available, and uh, they're only getting better. They're even developing like interior structures that kind of mimic, uh, you know, the, the way that uh, organs really sort of, yeah. Um, you know, like maybe the, how the spine would uh, would react instead of just having like a you know a titanium joint at the back of the oh, neck. Oh yeah, yeah. They've got you know some type of inner structure to them that, that mimics human. 
mm. human interiors, I guess. Now that you <laughs> mention <guts>. it, <laughs> I think I remember reading something about that where the there was actually a, a sandwiching to imitate vertebrae, right? Mm. Yeah, a something like that. And, and yeah, they, they, uh, they're very, very advanced now. You'd be surprised exactly what they can do. And so I guess the, I guess it makes sense now that you say it that they would have a bunch of different types of dummies mm-hmm. so they could most accurately predict what would happen to, to different occupants because yeah. the obvious point is that most passengers in the car are not exactly the same. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they can uh, they can show you what, you know, let's say if you've got a, a child in the back seat that's, you know, supposed to be strapped in and they're not, mm-hmm. uh, they can show you, you know, how that kid well, the kid becomes like a missile coming through the front of the car if that, yeah. you know, if the front impact. Um, so they can show the difference what happens if the child is strapped in. They can find out, um, you know, how if, if a pregnant woman is uh, behind the wheel of a steering, uh, sorry, behind a steering wheel uh-huh. uh, during an impact, as you can imagine, that could have some serious effect on, on the baby, Man. on the unborn uh-huh. baby. So they're able to determine, you know, what kind of forces are against the, the stomach at that, you know, at that point of impact, you know, how much the uh, the airbag, uh, I guess how much damage it does, really. So then by widening the diversity of these dummies uh, and increasing the frequency of these tests, it sounds like they're able to get some pretty comprehensive information about the vehicle and the possibilities of what happens to the occupants. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's all about figuring out what happens to the occupants. That way they can uh, they can place safety devices inside like airbags and, you know, even mm-hmm. um, maybe just gauge distances or, you know, figure out how seat belts operate, you know, okay. how they restrain the occupants. It's uh, it's it's really very effective. Okay. Well, is, is this kind of testing... I, I guess what I'm trying to ask is where do these star ratings come from when oh, you know, sure. we read insert car name here has mm-hmm. a five-star rating or mm-hmm. Volvos are infamously safe? Well, here in the States, they come from the NHTSA. What is the NHTSA? <laughs> I knew you were going to ask that. That's the uh, <laughs> National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, uh, the NHTSA. Oh. Yep. So they are, they're kind of like our government testing agency. They're, they're the outside source that uh, crashes the vehicles, you know, so that the manufacturers don't give you all their information, you know, and say, oh, this car is, you know, the tops in its class. Oh yeah, they're yeah. the objective third party. Guys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. that's right. And there's another group too. There's the IIHS, which is the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety. Okay. And those Very are official. Also, um, also in the United States. Now there are other ones around the world that do the same type of thing for different different continents. Oh. Um, there's Euro NCAP uh, for Europe, of course. There's the National Agency for Automotive Safety and Victims Aid in Japan. <laughs> Victims Aid. Yeah, it's N A S V A, um, oh. and there's also Australian NCAP for Australia, of course. Okay, it's yeah. a worldwide thing then. So yeah, that's right. Um, you know, the, the five star ratings that we hear about though are the ones from the United States, of course. Okay, the, that's yeah. what that was going to be my next question. Mm-hmm. So we pretty much are we're pretty much tuning into what our our nation's uh, third party says about this. That's right, and it. But we're also looking at vehicles that are coming into the United States. It's not mm-hmm. just. Uh, you know, U.S. manufactured vehicles. Yeah, you're reading my mind here. So, are the are those uh, U.S. are those U.S. agencies testing these uh, imported vehicles as well? For sure. Yeah, they're testing okay. every vehicle that um, Americans are driving, and likewise, you know, uh, the Australian NCAP group is is driving, or rather, testing every uh, vehicle that the Australians are driving. Okay. Okay. Makes I guess sense. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah okay. that's fair. Now, it it seems like this is a pretty solid uh, practice here. It seems built on logic, pretty rational. Uh, but I've been led to believe that there there are some people who disagree with 
uh, crash testing just in general. Hmm. And so I wanted to ask you, uh, just before we close up with this, is there anything about crash testing that could, you know, legitimately be considered controversial? Now you've been waiting for this, haven't you? I've been I'm waiting gonna, for I'm this. One, shake yeah. you to your foundation with this one. You okay, ready? shake me. Okay, I'm gonna tell you something here. That we'll talk about either one that you want to, and I'll let you decide. Okay. All right, let's go. Was all right. Well, there are there are other ways of doing testing that uh, that are controversial, of course, and one of those, well, I guess I should say the whole overall would be human crash test. Human. Yeah, actual people yeah. crash testing? Yeah, that's right. Human crash test dummies. Now, live and dead. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So there's uh, there are live crash test dummies, people uh -huh. that volunteer to be in a, in a vehicle while it's crashed. Okay. And All there right. are also cadavers who also, at some point when they were live, volunteered to do something like this but uh, are no longer with us. Holy exploding airbag. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you really you caught me by surprise with this one. Yeah, I, I know. know I just said something cheesy, but I am bowled over. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what did you want to talk about first, the live human crash test dummies or the dead human crash test dummies? <sighs> Let's start with the dead ones. Maybe we can end okay. on, on, a, on a more lively <laughs> note. Well, well, before crash test dummies were around, auto manufacturers had to figure out a way to keep people safe, and they, they, they weren't really it wasn't all that scientific and that i mean i shouldn't say that's not all that scientific but it it was to a point it's not like it is now um they did use cadavers in cars at some point to figure out what happens to a human body when it's in an accident um now these were you know don't they, sometimes it was done you know in the basement of of uh test facilities you know it's kind of a, a nefarious activity yeah. you know people yeah. didn't really talk about it much even then when it was going on mm -hmm. um they kept it under wraps but uh, they had to find a way to figure out, you know, what's going to happen to this person when, you know, they, they hit the wall at you know, yeah. 50 miles an hour. Um, you know, cars weren't as safe back then, so I'm sure it was <laughs> right. pr pretty bad results, I'm sure. Well, I guess logically logically it makes sense, but just the idea of cadaver crash testing, mm -hmm. it could be a public relations well, nightmare. Ev everything that I've heard uh, was very respect, you know, respectfully done, and uh, the people were, you know, they had willed themselves to do this. They were uh, they were test subjects. Um, it it was uh, conducted, I guess, very scientifically. As tastefully as possible. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right, tastefully. See, okay, so scientific just, is a better way. To say. <laughs> okay, yeah, maybe not tasteful. But yeah, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah so. I, I think I do. I, yeah, I just want to make sure um, these guys. These there weren't any like resurrection men, you know, the the guys who ran around England no, stealing no. bodies. No, it was nothing like that. They oh. were they were volunteered or they were uh, they were donated bodies. Yeah, oh, that's right, okay. and. This is very recent, but even even this year, the May May of two thousand eight, there was a rumor that was going around that Saab uh, was using cadavers for crash testing again. Um, so that and you know, there's conflicting reports if that was true or not. But again, that was May of two thousand eight. No the, way. Yeah. So that late. I mean, they, there was some report that you know they were using ten ten bodies in crash tests. But again, you know, they were they were. So it must have been the station wagon, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, not all at once, man. Not, not all at once. You have to do it all at once. Okay. Well, I'm not so, I'm not clear on the rules of cadaver testing, but... It, it, it really served its purpose, and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that uh, they helped a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure that a lot of lives were saved because of that. I'm positive of that. You know, that's that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. And speaking of lives, I, mm -hmm. I hate the painful nature of that segue, but are, <laughs> are there really live human beings there, who... There really are. ...who are... Yeah. They when they get up in the morning they think I need a job that involves being in <laughs> crashing cars. Wow. Are these the guys who can't get into racing? It's not an everyday thing. Oh, it's okay. not an everyday thing for them. They uh, they volunteer, you know, kind of as needed, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. The the two that in, in particular that I'm thinking of, one guy's name is Rusty Haight, 
and um, he, he, I think he actually holds the world record for the most, most. crashed. Yeah, that's right, the most <laughs> crash tests or the most uh, uh-huh. something like that. He's it's approaching 900 crash tests now that this guy's been through. Um, what his deal is is he's a uh, he's a retired police officer, and he teaches or he, I guess he used to taught accident investigation. So he saw a need for uh, someone to realistically uh, uh, kind of show what happens during a wreck, and uh, you know it's it's. It's safe to a point. I mean, mm-hmm. he he's pretty sure that he's not going to die every time he does it. But uh, you know, again, he's been in nine hundred wrecks. I think yeah. he's pretty lucky to this point, really. Sure. Um, it, it's it's controlled. It's very controlled. But he's able to give them something that they can't get from the dummies. They can't get uh, you know a real reaction of somebody. You know, somebody who's going to hit a wall at you know twenty miles an hour. I'm sure that they're much slower than you know the. The crashes that we see where, you know, there's mass destruction. I would know. hope so. Yeah. I mean, 900 I would, times. I would think so, yeah. But I'm, I'm sure it's still pretty brutal on him. But, um, yeah, he's uh, he, he can, you know, mimic more what would happen in, in a real-life situation, and that helps, uh, I guess, his, his study, this accident investigation. He can, he can you know, tense up when he's about ready to hit the wall. He might, uh, he might you know, try to shield himself or turn to one, you know, from one direction uh, okay, to the next. Yeah. A dummy's not going to do that. They're just going to sit there, you know, like a dummy, uh, <laughs> smash into the wall. So um, it's very valuable. And there's right. another person that does it, too. Uh, his name is Lawrence Patrick. Um, he's another crash test dummy, um, living crash test dummy. Right. Also, I, I believe he's retired. I'm not sure if, about that. But he's a, a professor who, um, oddly enough, he is study was in human impact survival um so he's kind of accustomed to you know trying to determine how much a, a human body can take before you know uh, it gives up i guess it's a very specific yeah discipline <laughs> yeah, huh? that sure is yeah i wouldn't want to be in that at all yeah but uh these two guys you know they're really really you know helping the cause i mean they're able to react unlike a dummy would be able to you know i am still frankly getting over the shock that you <laughs> just told me uh because you told me you had something, you had an ace up your sleeve for this. Oh, one. it was a bomb, wasn't it? Yeah, you, you, my friend, have definitely beat the hype. You, you delivered on that one, <laughs> Scott. Thank you so much for uh, giving us so much information about crash testing. I, I think you persuaded me. I mean, it seems effective. It might be the reason that so many people are alive today, despite how poor we are at driving. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That saved a lot of lives doing this. Do we have anything on the site that people could check out to hear more about this? Oh, yeah. We've got a few on the site. Um, we've got how crash testing works, and we've also got um, have crash tests ever used live or dead human occupants. Those are a couple of good ones you might want to check out. And you can check those both out on HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.